Just Our Real Estate, episode number 75. All right, welcome. Thank you for being with me here on Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and I am thrilled that you are here with me today. There's other things we all could be doing. I appreciate that you're choosing to spend some time here at Just Our Real Estate. I think that's very cool, and I'm glad to have you. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you, when you get a moment, go to my website, and while you're there, if you would, sign up for my mailing list, because when you do that, I am going to send you the top five real estate resources that I think every investor should be aware of. These are resources that I use in my business, resources that other very successful real estate investors use in their business as well. The other reason to sign up for my mailing list is very shortly, I am going to be announcing my brand new coaching program. Now, this coaching program is going to be awesome. I am going to take on a few students and I can only take a few because my time is limited. And frankly, I want to make sure that I'm giving the attention to my students that they deserve. I want to be there for them. I want to give them good quality time, quality information, and really make myself available to them. So I'm only going to take a few students and I'm going to announce the details first to my mailing list and give them the first opportunity to apply to be one of my students that I coach personally. I will absolutely make sure that you know the minute my the details are, are all set for the uh, coaching program and we can get off and running in 2014 and be absolutely as successful as we can possibly be. One of the ways that I plan on being more successful this year is I am going to crank up my buy and hold rental portfolio this year. As of right now, I only have one rental. I am a buy and flip guy. That's pretty much just how I've done my business to this point. Uh, but I want to get going with my rental business and crank it up to be as good and as successful as it can possibly be. One of the companies that's going to have a major impact on my success this year is a company called Rent Prep. And I am so impressed with this company and its owner that I'm not only going to use their service, but I also ask them to be a sponsor on this podcast. If you're not familiar with Rent Prep, I suggest you go back and listen to the episode number 62 of this podcast where I interview Stephen Michael White, the founder and CEO of Rent Prep. Rent Prep is a screening company that you should be using to screen your potential renters. They use real-life screeners to complete the reporting using multiple databases. This makes for a more comprehensive and compliant report. Last year, Rent Prep ran over 30,000 background checks to help keep landlords from renting to bad tenants. They learned that 49% of all applicants had one type of adverse action or another, evictions, judgments, liens, bankruptcy, and criminal records. Half of the background checks performed had something that indicated a higher rental risk. They talk to landlords every day that just got out of bad rental situations, and they look to rent prep to make sure it never happens again. You can call their office and speak to a screener. In fact, you can speak to the screener that actually completed your background check and have them answer any questions that you might have. To check them out, go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash rent prep and type in the promo code juststart to receive their landlord form bundle for free. You can also use that coupon code JUSTSTART whenever you're ordering their screening products and you'll receive an additional 10% off your order. I suggest you go there now, check them out. If you're a landlord, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your business to screen properly. All right, on to the show. 
All right, welcome. Thank you for joining me on another Quick Point episode. We are going to stick with the rentals theme that we have going on this week. That's because I am uh, seriously diving into rentals, learning everything I can, trying to become an expert at it as quickly as possible because I want to build my portfolio this year and I want to do it quickly. And uh, I'm going to bring you along on that journey with me. Don't worry, I'm going to keep flipping houses. That's what I know. That's what I do. That's what I consider myself best at. But I am going to make a concerted effort to get into rentals in a much bigger way than I am right now. I currently have one rental and we are going to increase that as we go this year. I am going to learn a lot. I'm going to share with you what I'm learning and we're going to make this a learning experience for everybody. Today, like I said, we're going to stick with that rentals theme and we're going to talk about the numbers. We're going to crunch some numbers. We're going to talk about what numbers are important. How do you calculate whether or not a rental is a good deal for you, whether or not it's going to be a profitable investment? Uh, there's, and believe me, what I'm going to tell you here is is not like the golden rule and you can't you know change it or break it or modify it for your own good I'm going to tell you what I do. I'm going to be pretty conservative. So if you stick with my numbers and stick with my formulas, I don't think you'll go wrong for sure. But uh, I highly anticipate that I'm going to get some emails from people or some comments who say, you know, you're being too conservative. You know, you'll never find a good deal if you calculate it that way. That's fine. This is the way I'm going to do it because I know I can find a good deal. I'm here in Michigan and uh, in Michigan, house prices are pretty low. And, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of the some of the Midwest states that, you know, like Ohio. Ohio, I think is very, very similar. Indiana, very similar. We can get houses still very inexpensively. And when you compare it to other places in the United States, like California, uh, it's dirt cheap. So I am going to tell you how I'm crunching the numbers. You can decide for yourself if it makes sense to you. But uh, I don't think you're going to go wrong doing it my way uh, because I'm going to be fairly conservative. So like I said, I'm going to lay out these number numbers that I'm going to use to evaluate rental properties this year. Whether you agree or not, I'm going to you know, evaluate these properties and at least you can see my process and how I plan on knowing whether or not it's a good property. So one of the biggest considerations when purchasing investment properties is to understand your numbers and to make sure the investment makes sense to you and is giving you the rate of return that you require or that your investors require. So today's episode is all about the numbers, not location, not tenant screening, not the least, just cold, hard numbers. Okay, first, I'm just going to give you a list of the variables um, uh, that I use to calculate whether or not investment properties make sense. So, uh, you know, everyone has their own criteria, but you're going to hear about these variables that I'm going to give you or these list of things that you need to calculate from a lot of people who have rentals. And believe me, I didn't come up with these on my own. I I've interviewed a lot of people who are very successful. I've done my homework on my own. I know that these are the variables that are important. So this is what they are. Number one, purchase price. Now, these aren't in any particular order, so don't get uh, too concerned if you think purchase price is not the most important um, not the most important variable. I'm not saying it is. I'm just starting somewhere. So purchase price, right? For me in Michigan, I'm going to keep my purchase price under $100,000. Matter of fact, I plan on keeping the purchase price under $50,000. And I know I can do that in this area. That's the luxury I have that uh, real estate is still very, very, very reasonable in Michigan. So purchase price for me is probably going to be under $50,000, but most certainly it's going to be under $100,000. But uh, I think I can stay under 50, no problem. Okay, that's number one. Number two, financing terms and the rate that you're going to be paying, uh, you know, or your payments, basically. What, how are those going to be made up? If you're going through, like, say, a bank, for example, well, you're going to have the rate of return is, is going to be probably somewhere around three to five percent. 
and uh, the financing terms, usually it's going to be 30 years. It's a mortgage, a 30-year mortgage. It might be 15 if you're trying to get this thing paid off a little quicker or other, other you know, there's other ways you can work that. But usually 15 to 30 years is the term, and the rate is going to be, um, you know, probably around 4 or 5%, something like that. Uh, I've heard I've heard numbers 5 to 5.5, and, and, and I think for a rental property, it's, it's probably not going to kill you, you know, a half a percent to a percent here or there should not make or break the investment for you. At least not for me. I, I know I'm fine to pay five to five percent, five to five and a half percent if that's what it takes through a lending institution. Okay. The third thing you must consider, and this is one that a lot of people don't think about enough. They kind of gloss over it, or maybe they don't even consider it at all, which is a huge mistake. But number three is taxes. Now, Taxes vary from not only state to state, but county to county, city to city. So I really can't tell you where you need to be with taxes. I know for me, in the houses that I'm looking at, my taxes are going to be somewhere between probably $1,300 and $2,000 uh, per year for my taxes. So um, that's where I'm going to be. That's where my goal is. I'm going to try to stay under $2,000 per year in taxes. And I probably won't be able to find anything with less than $1,000. So I'm going to be right there in the middle, probably around $1,500, $1,600 on average. So that's where I want to be with my number. But don't forget taxes. You have to calculate that in, especially if you're in a high tax area. That can really kill your, your cash flow if you don't know what that is. So definitely, definitely pay attention to that. All right. Number four, insurance. What are the insurance rate for an, uh, uh, a rental property or, or an investment property? It's probably going to be different than what it is for your home. It's going to be, you know, based off, off purchase price and in the price to replace the house if necessary. So for me, in my particular situation, I know that my insurance is going to be somewhere around six or $700 per year. So that's how I'm calculating it for me. I, you know, I know of a couple of companies and I've talked to some uh, landlords in my area and I know that they're getting insurance rates for right around six, $700 a year. So that's where I, I expect to be. Okay. Um, and that's another one that some people sometimes forget insurance. You have to insure that house. So don't forget about that. Um, number five is vacancy, the rate of the vacancy. A lot of different ways you can look at this. I know uh, someone I talked to recently calculates uh, their vacancy rate at 5% of the total year, um, uh, you know, cash flow or their intake for the year. They consider 5% of that will be basically a vacancy period. So they're not going to, they're not going to make it. So they take their total rent for the year and multiply it by 5%. And that's how much they calculate in for vacancy. I do it a little different for me. I calculate in two months vacancy. That means I'm going to have someone move out every year and I'm going to take a month to get the place back up to shape and, and ready to go before the next person moves in. Now, this is some place where vacancy is something where I think I'm being ultra conservative. I'm kind of toying around with the idea of just using one month vacancy. Um, but one month vacancy seemed a little bit light because if someone does move out, chances are I'm going to lose more than 30 days, you know, when it's all said and done between getting the place ready to go again and finding a new renter. So, I'm going to use two months just to be very, very safe. You might use one, but you know what? I know some people don't even consider the vacancy rate at all. I think that's a mistake. I think you need to calculate in the fact that you're not going to get 12 months of rent every single year without fail. It's just not not likely. You're going to have people coming in and out of your rental. So um, that, that just stands the reason that you're going to have a vacancy. So I calculate two months. You can do one month or some other formula that works for you. 
All right, number six, property management. I am going to manage my own properties for as long as I as I can, as long as it makes sense. But I'm still going to factor in property management because otherwise, what do I do if I if I get you know 20, 30 rentals and I'm not calculating in the property management fee? Then if and when I decide to go ahead and use property management, I am going to take a huge hit to my cash flow. And if my cash flow, let's just say for example that I want to have $150 per door of positive net cash flow each month for each rental. But I don't count in property management. And let's say I have rentals that are averaging $1,000 a month in rent. When I do go to put those under management or, or turn them over to a property manager, I'm going to lose $100 a month because most property managers are going to take 10% of the, uh, of, the, of the cash flow, or I'm sorry, 10% of the rent, and that is going to be their fee. So if that's the case, and $150 is my mark of what I want to make per door, and I'm not counting in property management when I, when I purchase these houses and make sure that they work for me in that number, when I do put them under property management, I'm down to $50 per door now. That's unacceptable. I would think that's unacceptable for anybody. So I have to calculate in property management right from the beginning and make sure that I am getting my monthly net cash flow that I want, even with property management in place. Okay, and then finally, number seven is maintenance. Now, I am going to probably factor in something very, very small for maintenance, and I may not even factor in maintenance completely because what I might do is when I buy each rental property, what I'm thinking I, I might do is set aside a certain amount of money, maybe $1,000, maybe $2,000. Just set it aside in an account for each house and have that there for repairs as they become needed. And then if I have to use that money, then I can start pulling out a maintenance every month. But I thought, Maybe I'll start off with a maintenance, you know, like a uh, like a uh, um, a pot or a fund for my maintenance, and work it that way. But probably eventually, I'm going to have to factor in maintenance, and it's probably going to be something small. It's probably going to be, you know, five percent or something of my total uh, rents, and then you know, kind of because the point is with my rentals, and I hope you're doing this too. When you buy them and when you renovate them to get them ready for the first renter, you're going through and making sure all the major things are working. The roof is in good shape. The furnace is in good shape. The air conditioning. If there's air conditioning in the unit, make sure that's in good shape. Make sure everything, hot water heaters are all in tip-top shape. So really, the maintenance costs for these properties should be very, 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 very low in the first five to ten years. Maybe even almost nothing, aside from maybe some leaky faucets or, or, or a backed-up toilet or something that you have to replace. Um, but I'm going to make sure that these properties are in great condition right off the bat. So I don't need a lot of maintenance in my uh, rentals. That's the way I'm, I'm planning on doing it. So those are the, the factors. Excuse me. Those are the factors. And so what I'm going to do now is populate those with some numbers from my market and what I'm looking for, real life numbers of, of houses that I've looked at. So let's start at the top with the purchase price. Like I said, purchase price for me is going to be under $50,000. I fully intend to be able to find houses around thirty-five dollars to $40,000 and then put uh, ten dollars to $15,000 into them. So for the purposes of this demonstration, I have used a $40,000 all-in price, meaning I buy the house for some amount under $40,000 and put money into it, and altogether with the cost of the house and the renovations, I have $40,000 into it. I think this is doable. It's maybe a little bit on the low side, but very, very doable. Okay, the interest rate 
that I'm using. Well, actually, let's let's uh yeah, let's go with interest rate next. Interest rate that I'm going to be using for this demonstrational purpose is 5%, okay? So 5% interest, the term is going to be 30 month uh 30 uh years. So that's 360 months, okay? So purchase price and renovation altogether 40,000. Interest rate 5%. The term is going to be 30 years, okay? The rent that I want to collect or that I expect to collect on this particular rental is $850 per month. And that's a factor too. I, I actually did not mention that a, a minute ago when I was going through them, but you need to know what the unit's going to rent for. That's a major number that you need to know. So um, make sure you know what the rent is for that area. Okay. And this, for this particular one, like I said, I'm going to go with $850 per month. Um, so, my taxes on this house is going to be $1,600. The insurance is going to be $600. I'm factoring in two months uh, vacancy, okay, and then 10% property management. So at the end of this whole deal, when you count in my the payments for the financing, the taxes, insurance, the vacancies, the property management, all in, it's going to cost, this house is going to cost me $625 per month. That leaves my net monthly cash flow at $225 for this rental. I consider that to be a good rental. I consider that to be a good number to shoot for. Um, for me personally, I want to be over $200 per unit after all said and done. My, my extremely conservative vacancy rate and also property management. So if I were to take those two things out, like a lot of people do, this this all of a sudden would shoot up over $300. But I'm going to keep it at two months vacancy plus 10% property management factored in. My net cash flow would be $225. I consider that to be a very good very good uh, investment, and that's you know that's kind of what I'm looking at. So I'm not saying that this is the best deal in the entire world, but I am fine, and it's it's definitely one that I would put an offer in on and take very seriously. And a lot of markets, this is unheard of. This these numbers are unheard of in a lot of markets, but here in Michigan, I can definitely do it. It's also very important to note that these numbers do not represent buying a house in a bad area that's unsellable. That's not what I'm talking about. I am not buying in war zones. I am not buying in bad areas. These are a nice, very uh, solid middle-income, blue-collar neighborhoods, okay? And I can get these numbers, I think, all day long. So that's the plan. That's how I'm going to go about it. All right, if you want to check the show notes out for this show, go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash episode 75. Before we go today, I wanted to remind you to go to our sponsor at juststartrealestate.com forward slash rent prep. When you go there and enter the promo code Just Start, you will receive their landlord form bundle for free. Also, when you use the promo code Just Start, you will receive 10% off of all of their screening products. So go there today, check them out, and enter the promo code Just Start. Please also be sure to sign up for my mailing list, and I will send you the top five resources I think every real estate investor should know about. Also, stay tuned for the upcoming announcement of my new coaching program. I'll only be able to take on a few students initially, and I will be telling you exactly how to apply in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about this program. I know I'm going to be able to help a few people either launch their real estate investing business or take it to the next level in 2014. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality.
just start.